Hello and welcome to the Social Matters podcast. We are three social workers talking about social matters. My name is Nadia. My name is Fran. I'm Eugene. Hi guys. Hi. Hello. Back again. How are we all doing? Uh, you go, Fran. You, saw, you, <laughs> took, a di- you <laughs> no. took a deep breath. You're like, ah. <laughs> Got nothing to say. Oh, well, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, th- thanks for listening. Podcast <laughs> over. <laughs> I've got something to say. Yeah. I went to this amazing dance class yesterday it was afro, it was afro in heels did i tell you that no what i know i didn't tell you that bit but i decided not to wear heels because i'm not trying to break my ankles okay but yeah so it was afro what? in heels why the heels i mean it just adds a certain right look at it if so only you can see that yeah. doing her, her african dancing so movement god it always have a <laughs> You know that one, that one there. You know, you know. So is everybody in heels? A lot of people wearing heels, yeah. But you get a choice because I yeah. don't wear heels ever. So I would, it would be like I'd be going out in drag to <laughs> do dance if I was in heels. No, so it's I, Afro beats, right? Yeah. So yeah, um, it was an Afro beats dance class, but with heels. Okay. Um, but yeah, like wow. I say, I chose not to wear the heels. Um, and I just had the best time. It was so much fun. It was so. The vibe was amazing. Everyone was really welcoming. Um, and yeah, I, I I got down. It was great. Yeah, you did. And yeah. I can I can agree with that because uh, Nadza shared a video with us and it's absolutely amazing. She is in. And I'm, <laughs> Eugene and I were saying like to learn a routine. I don't think I have the brain capacity to learn a dance routine no. or remember it. And execute it me- like you did. I mean, you had the face, the claps, the slaps, even did a leg kick. Oh no, high leg kick as well. It took wow. me seven years to learn the two step. I was doing three <laughs> steps earlier on, but I don't know. I was like, oh, someone came and caught private tuition. I was like, oh, two step back on. So, um, are we not doing like a, a social matters podcast Afro in heels session? Yeah, yeah, guys? yeah. You're the lead, and we're just behind you clapping. Okay, can we can we go? Like, serious? I'm definitely want to go. Come, you, you guys go. Eugene in heels. I'm, I I will wait. <laughs> I will do that, but I'll will just you, do that and sit in the car. Will you come? It'll be so much. No, fun. I'm no. I so I don't mind dancing when I'm out because I feel like I vibe to the music and I move and whatever happens happens and then I get people coming up to me I'm like oh you're such a good dancer I'm like you're drunk this is the end of the night <laughs> like I'm not I'm, I'm I can get by but I'm not a good dancer but I can't do routines okay. I can't like I can't follow what people tell me when you're like oh I learned that in an hour and a half I was like get out of here it, it, it's not well I don't know dancing I do love dancing yeah. it is people have said that they can't do routines but you can it's just because you're telling yourself you can't do it hey look at this it. social work in the look at this it's true so hold on explain a bit more about um how the class works so you just you go there yeah. and then you're like everyone's got their heels or not and yeah. Afrobeats is playing and you have somebody who shows you a routine yeah and then you spend the whole time learning learning that. it yeah it's like i was there were people <laughs> falling in the heels Did no anyone, like, break, like... i mean it was pretty impressive with the wow. heels like i can imagine it does yeah it like looks, give an extra looks, yeah incredible sass. but yeah i just yeah i had a, such a great time fran you're gonna come yeah i'm definitely coming all right wicked. Please take huge. a video no take a video i wanna but no you videos. love but you love dancing too fran I yeah think but you'll again be can't do a routine i'm gonna be like it'll be yeah, one of those things just... where i i turn around and everyone's at the other end and i'm like <laughs> I'm on the floor and i look back and i'm like oh god <laughs> and then, and then i'll do a leg that. kick too early and then i'll kick someone in the like oh yeah, Hold on, can you not do a routine I can't follow, like, similarly, like, I can mm. dance and do the... Do you not remember when we had that <laughs> weekend getaway when you did that vibing routine? <laughs> we haven't shown that video to Nadia. I'll show no. you after that. Uh, it was, a, it was a quality routine. That sounds so dodge. Remember that weekend getaway? <laughs> <laughs> I was like... 
Uh, we went with a friends, group of friends. That we can go with. Yeah, group of friends. Yeah, but um, yeah, if you if anybody wants to go and do Afro in Hills, um, mm. it's at Bass Dance Studios mm. in Vauxhall. Yeah, in um, London. In London, <laughs> and um, yeah, go on their website, check it out. I'm gonna and go. It, I'm gonna go. No, yeah. it's scared. So I mean, embar- is it embarrassing? Like, do you feel is, a bit like oh, because you did a full performance at the end? Yeah, I mean, I almost didn't because yeah. what they do is they film each group or yeah. like there were three yesterday like we were in trios and like you can choose to not be filmed or be filmed and yeah. we were like no nah, we're not forget that yeah. this is our mm. first class like when we're, we're not gonna be filmed and then we were like oh go on you, said you killed so it that you, oh my god your so first class, you killed it it makes me think about um things that you've you've tried brand new and how you how did you engage with it because it because for me i think i don't like to be okay at some i don't like to be rubbish at something that's mm. probably why i won't come right. and probably why i don't ice skate or roller skate because i'm like i want to walk in on my first session and be above average no but i know that's just what's wrong with me i'm so competitive <sighs> and i remember when i started boxing and um i i couldn't do the the skipping routine properly with with um like the way the boxers do it and i used to skip like the, you used to do in year five like two <laughs> yeah. fit up or like yeah. i'm like oh man the shame so i bought a skipping rod i practice every day in my house morning and evening just so i can skip properly in the warm-up it wasn't even a big deal so i'm like there's something wrong with me i I don't like that and it's but it's that thing (laughs) isn't it like it it brings back almost like childhood type memories like first day at school when you do something like that like even like as an adult like because i um play basketball as you know and i i only started like three and a half years ago and i hadn't really played it before that and and i was like right i I like basketball i'm gonna go and um give this a go but yeah i remember like arriving and then there was like all these women there who were just like bouncing the balls you know you're like what so i sort of sat there on the bench like i don't know what to do (laughs) i sort of got a ball and was just like oh but yeah it's that thing isn't it bouncing onto someone comes to speak to me bounce 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 two hours yeah. yeah there is a little bit of a thing of like oh you know am i standing in someone's spot or you know like there's a bit of like an etiquette mm. or something that come yeah but you've gone in there and you've done zumba for years and yeah your your yeah your dancing is familiar to yeah you. and you've got that african blood in you as it, well this so, is it. You know, this is it. when i was messing it up i was just there doing something when in doubt oh yeah i always have my when in doubt move it's also the two-step <laughs> Which kind of, I'm going to try and segue this (laughs) discussion into what we're talking about today. And I suppose drawing on what we just talked about, I guess you've you've done something that maybe um, didn't necessarily feel comfortable initially Mm. and kind of gone outside of your comfort zone a bit. And this is an impressive segue. Today, today we're going to be talking about having difficult conversations, which is such a sort of key part of our our work in, in, in social work and don't always feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, and I think there's, I guess, lots we can learn. And, and, and you know, hopefully today we're going to talk about our experiences and our journeys of having difficult conversation because it's not something that comes easily. And it's certainly a skill I've developed over the last mm. sort of 12, 13, 14 years. And yeah, and hopefully share some of ideas that listeners might find helpful as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that's good. And just when you talk, of, I was just making a note down when you talk about having a difficult conversation, it makes me think about what is the what's the function of that when you when you sit down in front of somebody and you have a conversation. It, it's to share information, but it's also to get information back. So it's almost like creating a feedback loop. 
and then what you give out will, will affect what you get back so that is what makes difficult conversations difficult because you want to get something back but the information you have to relay you suspect is going to evoke a, a, a sort of emotion in the other person that's going to make it difficult for you to deal with the feedback you get back mm. so when you suggested this topic Fran I thought yeah it's really it's really going to be one that is worth discussing because despite the amount of years we've been in social work even now there are difficult conversations that we all need to have and how we navigate that and mm. depend on on the situation but yeah helpful to share our experiences mm. so thinking ab- i guess about our difficult conversations <laughs> journeys i guess yeah what just to kind of define a bit more what we mean by difficult conversations i think you've kind of touched on it there um i think for me difficult conversations perhaps they may be around raising some concerns or if we're kind of naming risks or could be decision around perhaps going on a child protection plan or escalating things or raising concerns i say probably that sort of thing would be something that i think of what about you two sometimes it's it's not always just in in social work but in our day-to-days we have to have difficult conversations yeah. and yeah i'm just mindful not to kind of keep it yes you know in our in our professional lives we do have to have these difficult conversations about things that you've mentioned but let's not keep it too kind of like this is the professional conversation and this is the personal stuff like mm. yeah. yeah i think it's important to remember that those kind of anxious feelings or you definitely know, worry and all the rest of it does come when you have to like tell your friend that you don't like their boyfriend or something yeah, like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely <laughs> tell your friend hey, <laughs> was that from experience Lydia? But, but, it, but, it, but it's, it's true isn't it and i think that like <laughs> but like that 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 kind of transfer of of like you know what our relationship is to having those conversations and it's not something i've found easy particularly in kind of personal or professional mm. life and it's mm. certainly something that i've got better at it often links to our relationship with maybe conflict or things like that and all of those things that it can bring up. Mm. Yeah, and it links in with a lot of the episodes that we've talked about that we've had before where we are thinking reflexively about who we are, what we bring to the profession, the power that is in that situation or in that episode where you're having a difficult conversation. And also, when I, I was just connecting to what you were saying, Fran, around our relationship with difficult conversations and conflict. And also, when I think about how I work in social work but also with my friends with my peers with my colleagues my highest context the most important thing for me or the foundations for that is a good and solid relationship so that good and solid relationship will involve good communications laughter humor mutual respect and that's how I am with people I've supervised that's how I am with families but then when power comes into it and the power that maybe in my hands when it comes to having a difficult conversation sharing difficult information if i'm truly honest with myself my desire to maintain a good in inverted commas relationship makes that conversation even more difficult mm-hmm. i think there's an element of everybody that wants to be liked and doesn't also doesn't want to upset anyone you don't want to see anyone cry you don't want to intentionally make everyone anyone angry well mm-hmm. i would hope so especially in the social profession so that adds to the difficult nature of the of the conversation mm. from from my perspective definitely and i think there's something around almost expectations so setting the scene of the culture of your relationship whether it's 
personal or professional that is one around where we give and get feedback and I know I guess that's quite a formal way of, of saying it but there's some even friends where you kind of like I can imagine having those conversations because we have that relationship where we would be able to yeah have more difficult conversations with one another but I, there's probably other people where I think I can't ever imagine mm. <laughs> saying this to them in terms of linking that to practice it's about from the outset trying to develop that the expectations of the relationship that mm. we we have some of these conversations and we talk about these things yeah. rather than it then all feeling one way mm. and then suddenly like oh where's Fran come really left field with this yeah. um, feedback yeah well it's good that you said that because last week you didn't make me a tea at that time and <laughs> I now's the time I want to have that difficult conversation with you <laughs> I think something that we kind of spoke about briefly beforehand was about how over time it gets a bit easier to have those conversations. I don't know if it actually gets a bit easier is the right thing, but I suppose when I think back to early on in my career about the first time I've had to place a, a child in foster care because of concerns around physical chastisement, for example, is something that I had to go to the to the house and yeah get a kid's clothes and move him on while the police investigation was happening that was not nice and I just mm. remember the kind of like anxiety and um, how I how I had to explain to the parents what was happening and managing their distress and mm. it, it's so it's such a it back then it was such a big deal and even you know if I did it yesterday it was, still would have been a big deal but I suppose because I've already kind of experienced those emotions at such an intense level the more you do it it, it yeah. isn't so intense yeah I, I, that sounds awful that you know i'm like i don't know losing empathy or whatever but it's not no. that it's just it's it's a bit different yeah it? and it's that sort of practice experience and mm. certainly yeah like quite sort of physiological impact in the early days you know like yeah quite feeling quite anxious sort of heart racing sort of dry mouth you know all of those things I guess when you are I guess feeling quite nervous things are new but I would agree with you I think over time I have become more skilled shall we say at having those conversations but as you said it doesn't necessarily get any easier but it's just developing ways and ideas to have some of those conversations. Yeah I would echo the idea that it doesn't get any easier but as time goes by like what you were saying Nadia it gets easier because you have more experience. It's almost like practice makes, not perfect, but practice makes okay. Mm. So if you've gone through years and years of having a difficult conversation or and having a positive outcome from it, or even having a bad outcome from it, because there's always lessons to be learned. My mantra in life is there's no such thing as a mistake if you take a lesson from it. So I've uh, in the past I've had um, difficult conversations that have just turned out badly and I've had service users shouting in, in my face I've come out of there upset and disappointed in that actually my message and what I shared with them or had to share with them made them feel like that where we've previously had a good relationship but then it made me learn about how I would do things differently but equally I've also been in situations where I've been dreading having a conversation with somebody. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to upset them. They'll be so angry, blah, blah, blah. And then a lot of the time it never turns out to mm. be as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I wonder whether maybe I think that may resonate with a lot of people, but it's the desire from the individual, me in that situation, to not want to intentionally hurt somebody else that maybe we we heighten up what the response is going to look like but actually in reality it's it's very different i was thinking about we've all sort of briefly touched on 
when maybe wasn't as good as we would have liked maybe in the early days or maybe still so more recently what was it that was making it not work do you think and what was the learning from it and ideas for how to have difficult conversations when i think back to the times where difficult conversations haven't worked for me i think it's been at times where i've lacked knowledge so when i've mm. been new to a situation so new in the sense of when i started off as a student or when i started off in in social work or when i've started off a new role or with a new team and when people generally if we take out of social work context and just think about life new relationships new you move in with a partner that's new or or you start off on a new team the lack of knowledge that comes as a result of the newness means that you stick to the status quo you stick to just facts in to an extent and if i take it back to social um, context when i've uh, when conversations haven't gone well for example when i need to tell somebody that we've we're elevate we're escalating from a child in need plan to a child protection plan that's taking it up a level in the sense of seriousness in social work context or where we're going from child protection to the court arena so that's taking up another level when i've lacked knowledge i've shared the facts because i'm like that's what should be shared but i maybe have been blinded to everything else that goes around that so the possible feelings from the person receiving the information of mistrust or that i've misled them or the feeling that oh, I, they thought I was a nice person or they thought I was there to help or I haven't thought about the fact that they've just come home from work and been told that they've been made redundant. So that's where I think in those situations with families, difficult conversations haven't gone well because maybe I've play, paid less attention to everything that's around the actual conversation. Following on from that, it's not just kind of considering what's happening for the family, but also what you're bringing. So yeah. when difficult conversations aren't going well, I'm, I'm always like, okay, now I'm more so able to kind of check, okay, where where am I? Like, how's my delivery? Like, how how is it that what I'm saying is landing kind mm. of thing? Whereas in the beginning, connected to what you were saying, Eugene, it's just delivering the facts in a certain way without much consideration of self and self-awareness that that has meant that the conversation hasn't gone as great as it could have done mm. for me it would be probably around maybe nerves yeah just deliver like deliver it but it would be a probably beating around the bush for ages yeah which you know is not nice if you think of if someone was delivering something to you when you kind of like spit it out so probably yeah going around the houses and then um yeah probably just not having the attunement to it just like literally i'm this is what i'm saying here and then wondering what why it is that when they respond in a yeah, certain way, like, yeah, oh, but I just, just, I told you the facts. Like, yeah. you know, what's the, <laughs> yeah. what's the problem? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I suppose it's that thing, isn't it, about like when we're feeling uh, stressed or anxious in the, in the workplace, we, we go out of that thinking bit of the brain and into the emotional bit. And I guess that's when we then can't tune into the family's emotions because we're like trying to manage our own. So mm. I think that's one thing for me over the years is around whether it's before a particular meeting or a session just to be able to check in my own sort of emotional thermometer and even if it's like breathing you know like literally some breath to try and bring yourself down and um, to be able to have these conversations because otherwise you're so focused on your own emotional regulation you're not mm. you're not attuned to the families and then that's when you lose that connection don't you and it just yeah. comes out as a here we go and then it just yeah. yeah it doesn't work does it yeah and it's just making me think of delivery and how a message is delivered the processing in which message 
is delivered has so much importance so the idea that when you maybe have less knowledge or less experience you just deliver the facts so that's what everyone three of us for example we're all required to deliver the facts we all walk into the same family we all deliver the facts but paying attention to how that's delivered will will mean that you are more conscious of what you guys are saying yourself what you bring but also how the family receive it and then it makes me think of ideas that we've all gathered and gained from systemic practice and warming the context of a conversation so it's how you prepare the family or the person to kind of receive your delivery basically to receive your message so if you were to just come out of the blue oh yeah this 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 is happening but then that may be received or delivered in, in not a great way but if you were to warm the context of the conversation and talk about okay this may be some there's some news that I have to share I'm conscious of that it may be hard to receive or it may be something that may upset you but it's something that I have to deliver but how would I know if uh, I've upset you or how would you how would you tell me that Mm. while you're talking I was thinking as well about what actually helps in terms of like practically when you're having a difficult conversation like what kind of things do you say or do and I was reminded of the like signs of safety stuff about bottom lines so in signs of safety there's this idea that there are things that as a service that we can't negotiate on a non-negotiable and we have bottom lines about for example going back to my example of having to remove a child from a house while the police are investigating the allegation of physical chastisement the bottom line was this child can't stay in the house yeah. for the for the next three nights but we can negotiate where they go if they have a family member they can go to call is if not then we look at foster care so the idea of the bottom line of trying to make sure that the kid is safeguarded, we're doing that, everything else is negotiable. Mm. So it's important that that helps to give the family some choice in what is probably quite a difficult, very emotive time. And the idea that in signs of safety, they say that your bottom line should be very few bottom lines. Mm. You can't have like 25 bottom lines. You yeah. just have yeah, few. Feels quite oppressive otherwise. Yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. Very few bottom yeah. lines. And then everything else mm. around that is negotiable. I hear listeners whispering, what signs of safety? Yes. Thank you, Eugene. <laughs> signs of safety is a framework that social workers use to help think about how to intervene with families. Mm. And there's a whole, like I say, framework around it. And the, the idea is not to just to look for what we're worried about and what things that are going wrong in the family, but also what the strengths in the family mm. are and what resources do the family have how can we as a service build on those resources to mm. try and help safeguard the child and reduce the risks and mitigate yeah mitigate yeah. the risks so yeah and if you're interested in knowing more it's andrew tenell right it that is andrew tenell yeah you're gonna say a friend I wasn't going to say Andrew Tunnell, no. no. I was you like, were, you look like you're, I was like, Andrew, no. Andrew T. And then you got it. I was like, Phew, that's why there's three of us on no, this podcast. No, you were going to give your view, <laughs> not talk about <laughs> For me, one of the things is around giving feedback along the way, being transparent. So whether that's around sharing reports with families, going through them, um, having those conversations along the way. So then if it comes to the point where you're having to have a more difficult conversation, it doesn't just feel, well, where's all this come from? So I guess it's just kind of sharing your thinking with the family along the way, which has really helped me over the years, because that is something I probably was less good at from the start. Mm. And I guess it got your own different things thinking, oh, I don't want to you know, upset this person mm. or this relationship. And, you know, it's thinking about 
actually when you do do it the, the benefits yeah, of the relationship yeah. but i think probably people can find themselves in the early days yeah. wanting to avoid some of those difficult things but actually people value it that yeah, kind yeah. of openness and that Definitely. transparency yeah i think it's important to remember that we are in the business of human relationships so in our role we have to do stuff statutorily we're, we're required to do things but actually what you're doing in the in the moment of having a difficult conversation it's it's a human relationship it's a human interaction that will be seen within social work but will also be seen outside of social work so it's important to remember that empathy should be there and you should also think about how like what you were saying earlier friend how you would want to receive the information and make connections with the kind with a, <laughs> with a good breakup so when you're having a, when you're breaking up with somebody who you really care about and you're in love with you hopefully don't want to hurt them through delivering a really bad message a difficult conversation so you're going to think about the environment in which you break up, up with them you're not going to go to their workplace in lunchtime in front of all their peers and have that breakup you've got to find a place that is quiet a place that will probably give them the opportunity to to cry probably give you both the opportunity to cry or be angry with each other and you care about the person you may hug them you may make sure that they're aware that the reason why you're giving this difficult information is not just because of what they've done but you are partly responsible so thinking about in a professional context thinking about how you are professionally compared to how you are personally in that situation so it's important to have empathy and mm-hmm. it shows the person who's receiving the difficult information shows them that you're human and mm. I always like to maybe if people can't see it, this bring my emotions into the arena so I would say to people this is really hard for me as well and yeah. and I feel that I have to share this with you but I was walking up to your house like dreading and being anxious because it's something that I have to do but it's not something that I I want to do and also in the moment sitting with silence if somebody's upset not trying to talk over them their tears because you need to rush to the end of delivering your message but to sit with it to acknowledge the emotions in the moment i know you're angry i know you're upset i know you're you're sad do you want to talk about that and then moving on and another thing for me is to kind of explore in in supervision if there is a particular difficult meeting or session coming up have conversations about it and plan it you know it's okay to plan and think about what you want to say and and how you're going to say it because these these conversations are important and you know you want to do it as 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 well as you can as you said with showing empathy towards the the receiver so if people are having you know feeling a bit worried about difficult conversations i'd just say yeah role play practice plan it so i think that's also another thing that you can do as well i think something else to hold in mind is that as social workers we're supposed to be agents of change that sounds like some kind of like <laughs> superhero oh. marvel no one of my um ex do you guys have secret mentors so i have a secret mentor yeah. she's always been my mentor from day one but i've never actually told her she's when my you mentor. say secret does she yeah. know she's yeah. your mentor no no she doesn't oh that's why she's a secret mentor i should tell her because she's been great but she always talks about <laughs> social workers being agents of change she's mm. a she's like a director in the local for you know yeah so that's what made me think when you said agents of change agents of change <laughs> secret um, mentor yes that's <laughs> <laughs> like a tv show yeah different characters but yeah so you know i think that it's important for us to hold on to the idea that we're not there to be people's friends as such yeah. and that yes the relationship is important but ultimately something that i do try and have 
the conversation I try and have with families quite early on is you know throughout the course of our relationship there might be things that I say that you're not gonna like how are you Mm. gonna how do we have those conversations how how gonna you know how do you best receive difficult news or whatever you know let's talk about that because I'm not here to make you kind of feel unsafe in any Mm. way but I might make you feel uncomfortable at times and you know that that is part of my role to try and bring about change yeah it makes me think about to when I was a newly qualified social worker and I was buzzing ready to go out there into social work role and I was creating all of these is that when you were in your suit stop it we've spoken <laughs> about that before Fred yeah weirdly enough I used to wear a suit um that's what happens when you don't have knowledge like you dress up to try and hide it but you don't have knowledge but now I'm like okay but yeah I used to I created this sheet that had like a fun picture and a, just a short list of that I title things that a social worker may do and it was almost like that what you're saying to prepare the family so I always used to share it on my first visit and say there are times where I will come and visit you regularly you, you I will tell you, you about it because it's what I'm meant to do there are times where I'll may come unexpectedly because as the nature of the child protection plan I have to do unannounced visits there are times when my I may ask you about your relationship there may time when I ask you about your family and there are times when there may be things that I need to share with you that are going to be difficult that you're not going to like and you're going to that may upset you or may make you not like me or hate me or whatever so I think whatever suits your style and whatever suits your approach find a way but don't try to water down or dilute the element of surprise so because I've talking about bad times when I've had difficult conversations when I was uh, a family support worker and I my role was purely to like build up a rapport with this young child I, I was working with and back in like 2000 when was this 2006 2007 where and um, we had enough money to have resources to have family support workers to support families but then the case escalated and I had to share a difficult conversation and the mum literally shouted in my face for full 45 minutes so she's like you're a liar you've been friendly with us as a family you didn't I didn't know that this was going to be part of blah 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 and that was a huge lesson for me because going forward from that it's about making people understand the full remit of what you do and like you said Nadia relationships are important but we're not there to we're not in the job to gather friends and we 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 have statutory responsibilities too so it's important that people on the receiving end know that and it is I suppose as you said Nads about and, and I kind of touched on it with expectations which around having those conversations from the outset of how you kind of negotiate your relationship thinking about the idea of relational reflexivity so how you negotiate it how you're clear around conversations that may you may have to have how they like to have those conversations and I think that just sets a scene doesn't it of how you want your relationship to evolve Um, so I think that's really important. So you just mentioned relational reflexivity that is by John Burnham, if people want to check it out, um, his paper on relational reflex. I thought you were going to come out with a year. Is it 2012? It is. I don't know. Is, is it that social? Know. Is it that social graces and oh. relational reflexivity paper? I'm going to look it up right it's, now. I'm pretty sure it's it's 2012. Okay, but I can't. Don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> the test is coming in. Um, so it, we're coming to the end of the show right now. We kind of given points and tips and whatever but do you guys have any final thoughts that you feel that you want to share besides the year that paper came i'm still trying (laughs) frantically to find it um for me i suppose it's that 
you know, you're not alone. But yeah, I guess just that, you know, it's, it is a part of our job. And yeah, it's not easy. I mean, that's a whole kind of challenge, isn't it? Difficult conversations. But hopefully we've given you some ideas um, to how, how to have those. But yeah, I just think um, it's all about thinking about the relationship and how you have those conversations. Mm. I think the point that I will highlight is actually a point you made, Fran, around... Uh, Thanks. It's all right. <laughs> around role play, because maybe there's... I don't know whether it's the case, and, and I don't know if people feel it, especially newly qualified social workers, but the idea that you get thrown into a job and people believe that you should know what to do, or yeah. even as a student, and actually there's scenarios that we face now that we've never actually encountered before mm. so not being afraid to call a peer call someone you trust your manager and say i'm about to have this difficult conversation with this person tomorrow or next week is it okay if i play it out with you and get some feedback on how that was or any tips and advice or on how you feel that will better be better received absolutely because there is something just about practicing saying something out loud and I think that's yeah. something that I have got more experience over the years I I've had a lot of difficult conversations so I suppose I've um, navigated my way through them and do have a repertoire sounds as though it, it it seems inauthentic I'm just using it with everyone but yeah I guess you do develop your own language of how you might have some of these conversations and I think having those conversations practicing role play out loud can really help develop that yeah and following on from that it's important to after the conversation just debrief about it like it's talking to somebody maybe maybe the same person that you practice three cherries (laughs) (laughs) boom 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 the same person that you practiced with um and then just going back to them and and saying oh this is how it went this is what i said this is what i could have done that kind of thing definitely yeah all right well that seems to have brought us nicely to the end of this um podcast oh my days why (laughs) is it so hard my brain oh sorry guys um but yes we have been um the (laughs) somebody else needs to take over we have been the social matters (laughs) podcast that i think has been nadia um and i've been eugene and you can find us on twitter at matters podcast and instagram at Matters Podcast, also Facebook, the Social Matters Podcast. Um, and that's Fran over there biting a the finger. Thank you. Bye. See Take you next care. time. Bye-bye. Bye bye.